Thanks for tuning in to Little Colors of Love, Book Talk, where both kids and their parents can come to hear multicultural stories, book discussions, and interviews from some of their favorite children's authors. Here, we give voice to the often voiceless by sharing diverse childhood experiences. And now, your host, the author, educator, and literary advocate, the book talkiest of all, Asia Goldson. Goldson, and I'm so excited once again that you've decided to join us. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we have a few special books that we would like to read to you today, uh, starting with uh, the, Lying, the Lion and the Mouse, narrated by the Timid but Truthful Mouse. That's the title of it, okay? And this is written by Nancy Lowen and illustrated by Christian Bernardini, okay, and we're just going to jump right in and get started with the lion and the mouse. A fable is a short animal tale that teaches a lesson. It is one of the oldest story forms. The lion and the mouse is from a collection of hundreds of fables called Aesop's Fables. These stories may have been written by Aesop a Greek storyteller who lived from 620 to 560 BC. A lion was sleeping in the forest when a mouse scampered across his nose. The lion was very angry about being woken up. He lifted its huge paw to kill the mouse. Let me go, begged the mouse. I promise I'll repay you someday. The lion laughed. You? How could a little thing like you ever help me? But he let the mouse go. A few days later, the lion became caught in a hunter's net. The, house rec the mouse recognized the lion's roars and ran to help. She chewed at the ropes until the lion was free. You see, I told you I'd repay you, the mouse said. Even a tiny mouse can help a lion. Now the moral of the story is one act of kindness deserves another. Hello, I'm Bitsy. That fable you just read, it's missing some key details. I know because I was there. Tell me, do you have any brothers or sisters? Do you ever feel invisible like they don't even see you? Do you ever wish you could do something to get their attention? Well, that's what this fable is really all about. I have a twin sister, Catnip. We look alike, but that's about all we have in common. Catnip is great at sports. She won the tailball championship and the treetop challenge. She even won third place in the Owl Bowl. She and her friends run around the forest jumping off the highest vines and chasing the scariest shadows. Me? I barely got through puddle paddling class. My hobbies are weaving baskets and hunting for better shaped sticks. Until the lion came along. Catnip never asked me to play with her, but the lion changed all of that. One day, while I was braiding my whiskers, I overheard Catnip and her friends. They were talking about their next adventure. And we'll climb over the log and run around the prickle shrub three times. Then we'll touch the golden flower, hop over the sleeping lion, and climb to the top of the bitter nut tree. 
I shuddered just thinking about it, especially the part about the lion. That didn't seem very smart to me. A race was one thing, but lion hopping? Hmm. A few minutes later, I heard an awful sound. Roar! The lion was awake. I was terrified, but I ran to see if Catnip needed help. Snarling and showing his teeth, the lion held his huge paw over Catnip. Would this be the end of my twin sister? <gasps> Let me go, Catnip begged. If you spare my life, maybe someday I will save yours. The lion twitched his tail a few times. Then he began to laugh. You save me, he said. Why, you're no bigger than a leaf. I might be small, but there's a lot I can do, Catnip said. The lion lifted his paw. Go, he said. You woke me from my nap, but at least you made me laugh. Catnip darted towards us. We all caught our breath. Whew, that was close. For a few days, Catnip stayed near home. She was actually nice to me. We painted our nails. We went on pebble hunts together. But soon, Catnip went back to her friends, and I was invisible again. One afternoon, I was watching Catnip and her pals do high dives from Riddle Rock. All of a sudden, we heard, Roar! 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 The lion was in trouble. I ran up to Catnip. Come on, I shouted. Maybe the lion needs you. We found the lion tangled up in a hunter's net. Go, chew through those ropes, I said, nudging Catnip. Set him free before the hunter comes back. Catnip froze. I can't do that, she said, her eyes wide. But you promised you would repay the lion for sparing your life, I said. Yes, but I didn't think I'd really have to do it, she said. Roar! I knew the lion would be in great danger if someone didn't help him. Then I thought, what if I helped? What if I helped? This was my big chance. If I freed the lion, I would be doing something very kind and very brave. Very, very brave. And I would never be invisible again. I ran out to the lion before I could change my mind. It's me, I said, trying to make my voice sound like catnips. If you stay still, I will chew through these ropes. The lion stared at me. Do you mean it, he asked. I nodded. He calmed down and I got to work. I chewed and chewed and chewed, and one by one the rope snapped. Finally, the lion was able to twist himself free. I'm sorry I laughed at you, he said. You were right. A mouse can help a lion. Then he bounded off into the forest. I turned around. Catnip and her friends were watching me with their mouths hanging open. Wow, sis, Catnip said. You were amazing. Since then, Catnip has played with me every day. I'm getting a lot better at kick the acorn. As, as it turns out, that Catnip is very good at spotting letter-shaped sticks. So what's the moral of this story? Those who show great kindness and bravery can never be invisible. And that's the truth. The end. And uh, at the end of the story, there are a few think about it questions, uh, a nice glossary, and some other resources, internet resources as well. Wonderful, wonderful read. The Lion and the Mouse. All right, thank you so much, Nancy Lowen. Our next book that we're going to read is called Families. Okay, families around the world. Okay, and this is a very uh, nice little book. Families around the world, written by Claire Lewis. And we're going to get started. 
families everywhere. Families live all around, all over the world. Every family is different. A family is a group of people who are related to each other. Parents, grandparents, children. There are different types of families. Some families are big. Some families are small. Some families live together. Some families live far apart. Sometimes people in a family look a bit like each other. Sometimes two families join together to make one family. What do families do? Families take care of each other. Families help each other. Some families work together. Some families play together. Some families exercise together. Some families take care of pets together. Some families celebrate festivals together. And some families travel together. Families are everywhere. Who is in your family? And at the back, there's a map of families around the world with all the different continents, right? North America, South America, Africa, Europe, Asia, Australia, and Oceania, and Antarctica. Very nice uh, map here, small map, uh, picture glossary as well. Very good for um, understanding the differences in families. Very good. And this was written by, again, by Claire Lewis. All right. And we are moving on to our third selection uh, for today. And I'm really excited about this one because this is our, uh, this will be our first uh, graphic novel that we're reading. And ironically, it's called My First Graphic Novel, The Missing Monster Card. Okay, and I like it. I like the cover because it, right away you can see that it's set up like a graphic novel on the, on the front, even on the cover. All right, it's divided into clips or slides on the front. All right, and it, it, it starts with uh, telling us how to read a graphic novel. Graphic novels are easy to read. Boxes called panels show you how to follow the story. Look at the panels from left to right and top to bottom. Read the word boxes and word balloons from left to right as well. Don't forget the sound and action words in the pictures. The pictures and the words work together to tell the whole story. That's good. I'm glad they give, they've given some instruction. That will help me. Every Saturday, Ethan went to Zach's house. They played monster cards for hours. Want to trade? No way. Ethan couldn't wait for this Saturday. He had a new card. And not just any new card, the most priceless monster card you could get. I can't wait to show Zach. That night, Ethan put the card in his coat pocket. The next morning, Ethan grabbed his coat and called Zach. Ring! I'm on my way. See you soon. He raced to Zach's house. Hey, Zach. Hi, Ethan. Ethan and Zach sat on the floor. They spread out all their monster cards. I just got the most priceless monster card. No way. Let me see it. 
Ethan reached inside his pocket. It wasn't there. Where is it? Ethan checked his pockets. They were all empty. Ethan could not find his new card. Oh, no. I know. Let's be detectives. <sighs> okay. They slowly walked back to Ethan's house. Ethan stepped on gun. Gum. Zack. Yuck. Squish. Zack found an old piece of candy. Zack also found a penny. Find a penny, pick it up. Ethan found food wrappers. More garbage. They searched everywhere, but they didn't find Ethan's card. What are we going to do? I don't know. Ethan went inside and hung up his coat. Ethan looked under his bed. Zack looked under the couch cushions. It's not here. It's not here either. They both looked in the garbage. Gross. But Ethan's card was gone. Where could it be? Then Ethan had an idea. He got a pencil and wrote down clues. He wrote what he had done before he went to Zack's house. Ethan raced to the kitchen table. I got it. He looked under the newspaper. Whoosh. But the card wasn't there. Ugh. What a mystery. Ethan looked at the clues again. Being a detective was hard work. I give up. Let's go back to my house. Ethan grabbed his brown coat. Something fell out of the pocket. What's that? His new monster card was in the pocket of his brown coat. Not his blue coat. It's my card. It's so cool. Now it's time to play monster cards. The end. All right. And this uh, lovely uh, little book, graphic novel, was written by Lori Mortensen and illustrated, illustrated by... Remy Simard. Okay, and at the at the back, there's a little part about the author. Uh, Lori Mortensen is a multi-published children's author who writes fiction and non-fiction on all sorts of subjects. When she's not plunking away at the keyboard, she enjoys making cheesy bread rolls, gardening, and hanging out with her family at their home in Northern California. About the illustrator. Artist Remy Sinard began her career as an illustrator in 1980. Today, he creates computer-generated illustrations for a large variety of clients. He has also written and illustrated more than 30 children's books in both French and English, including Monsieur Noir et Blanc, a finalist for Canada's Governor's Prize. To relax, Remy likes to race around on his motorcycle. Remy resides in Montreal with his two sons and a cat named Billy. And uh, this also uh, includes a glossary at the back, which is excellent for children uh, learning vocabulary. There are uh, an array of discussion questions also. And I love it, I love it, I love it. Writing prompts also at the end. All right. And then, even after that, there's still more. Um, they just go into explaining a little bit more about uh, stepping into graphic novels. Okay, and uh, there's a display of various other books by the author, okay? 
So uh, wonderful. Again, this is by Lori Mortensen. And this graphic, it's uh, my first graphic novel, The Missing Monster Card. Okay, great. So I hope that you all have enjoyed these, uh, these selections, these three selections uh, for today. Uh, join us again on next time. We will be waiting, looking for you. Thank you. Bye-bye now.